And I'm back to in the podcast world, and we're back. We're doing the podcast, and I'm Lynn Manuel Miranda, and they were doing in the heights. In the heights. <laughs> uh, welcome to another episode of that one movie podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows. In addition to kind of whatever, mainly we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host Jimmy Youthy. How much money are you gonna give me? My name is Jimmy. Okay, <laughs> we've got a great episode for you this week featuring our review of In the Heights and Loki Episode 1. My name is Lin-Manuel Miranda and your Miranda writes the right to remain silent. Yeah, great. <laughs> Good stuff. That one movie podcast. Stomp. <laughs> First, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. Let's do Los Toms. The Toms! The Toms! The Toms! The Toms! Toms is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Okay, Holden, what do we have this week? All right, so uh, first of all, we have uh, some sad news. and A certain actor died, Ned Beatty. Uh, Ned Beatty was mostly known for his work in Deliverance, Network, and the Christopher Reeve Superman movies, uh, which I I wrote all those down because I thought it was no. I I watched like all three of those within the last year, <laughs> so this is mostly why I'm like talking about it. Uh, but he also voiced most recently uh, voiced Lotso in Toy Story Three. Lotso hug hugs mm. hug a bear or whatever. So yeah, um, I, he was really good in those uh, movies from like the seventies and eighties. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I don't have a lot to say about him. I guess great actor. Uh, I don't yeah. know how he was as a person. <laughs> but yeah, as these things go, we don't know how these people are because we we don't know them. Mm-hmm. Um, we know all the current stars, obviously, obviously, because we're Hollywood insiders. Mm-hmm. We saw them all at the Oscars. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I yeah I haven't seen any of those movies except Toy Story three, which I saw once when it came out in theaters. So I'm not too familiar with with him as an actor, but uh, seems like he had a pretty illustrious career, and hopefully he was a good person and, and made the world a better place. Yeah, I'll give his uh, his acting career at least a, a little a broca. All right, there we go. What's what do we have next, Holman? Next up, uh, we got a title for the next Aquaman movie, and it's about as generic as it can possibly be. It's Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. <laughs> like Atlantis? I, I guess. That's the only thing I could think of. Atlantis was in our hearts all along. It, what, the real Atlantis was the friends we made along the way. Yes, really. I bet really that's what James Wan is going for. Yeah. Um. I actually forgot that James Wan was still directing this movie. No, it's, Atlantis is not a place, Holden. It's an idea. It's an idea. There we go. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a generic title. Kind of boring. Um, the first Aquaman was certainly not boring. It was very 
it was very weird and exciting and despite like regardless of what you may think of the movie itself i don't think it was like great or anything but it was certainly at like james wan saw like movie <laughs> kind of where it's just a fun stupid movie um i don't know uh bombadil i guess stupid title yeah i mean yeah aquaman and the kingdom of the crystal skull uh sounds yeah. all right and uh, i still have not seen the first one i could watch it anytime with my hbo max subscription and just don't as want hu- to as a huge fan of james wan i'm surprised just watch it i mean i like james wan i haven't seen fast seven either so oh that's true i haven't either <clears throat> so well yeah all right as a as a person critiquing my fandom of James James Wan, how have you not seen Fast Seven? And you're the one who's <laughs> I'm going to watch all the Fast and Furious. Movies. I have seen Aquaman though. The only word my nephew can say really is agua. Really, it's agua, agua, agua. That's cute. What do you give this yeah. Bombadil? Uh, Bergeron. Bergeron, I guess. All right. Uh, next, we have some new Knives Out casting news. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda no (laughs) no (laughs) I doubt you'll be cast in it because we already got Leslie Odom Jr. it would seem weird for both of them to be in it but anyway uh, Jessica Henwick has been cast in Knives Out Uh, she is most known for uh, Game of Thrones she was one of the Sand Snakes uh, and Mm. she's also in Iron Fist she's like the female lead in that series uh, she's in s- the new Star Wars trilogy. I can't remember. I think she's one of the pilots. Um, and then she's going to be in Matrix 4. Um, she, For me, she is easily the best part about Iron Fist because that series is not very good, but she was great. Um, she probably has the, her character probably has the best backstory, most interesting character, and she's like a great actor, actress. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm hyped for her being in this. Sure. I mean, I think it'll be a good movie, so I'll give it a Brokaw. Yeah, Brokaw. And then we also, another casting uh, confirmation. Uh, I'm not familiar with this actress, uh, but her name is Madeline Klein. Uh, apparently, she's most well-known for the, the show The Outer Banks, which is on Netflix. I've also never heard of that show. but <laughs> The Outer Banks. It sounds familiar. Yeah, okay. Um... I don't know. Uh, I broke off for her. I don't know how she Sure, why is. not? Let's cool. just give them out. They yeah. It cost us them. money, Holden. Um, another piece of casting news, but for a different movie. This one's John Wick 4. Uh, we have Bill Skarsgård has been cast in a mystery role in this film. Uh, you most likely know Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise from the new It movies. The Dance Clown. Yes. Um, he's... He's made appearances also in like Deadpool 2. I think he was in Castle Rock on Hulu. I feel like there's another obvious thing I'm completely forgetting that he's What in. is the obvious thing that we both have seen and probably reviewed? Was it uh, the devil all the time? Oh, yeah. He, he I think was, in that. right? He's, he's, I, I think he's in that. Yeah, he's he, the dad. I can't not see Pennywise, though. His <laughs> eyes are just so creepy. We mentioned last week about how neither of us uh, like hardly remember seeing the devil all the time, so it makes sense that I did not. Well, and he's in like the twenty-minute prologue of the devil all the time. Yeah, he's not in the main chunk. 
Um, I don't know. I, I like Bill Skarsgård and everything I've seen him in. Uh, he's great as Pennywise. He's so. fantastic as Pennywise. Yeah. Still one of the greatest performances like of the last five years. Yeah. Especially horror movies. Just probably one of the best horror movie performances did he even ever. Get, he honestly. did not get he did not get nominated uh, for I'd an Oscar. Give this a Brokaw. Cool. Did did he did not get nominated for an Oscar for that, did he? I don't think so. That is a shame. I mean, that is like he's so good. Especially that second movie. That is movie's nothing without him. Yeah. <laughs> that movie's not that good, but he's still great at it. Yeah. Uh uh what is he in? <laughs> what what is he gonna be in? Bill Skarsgard? <laughs> John Wick four. <laughs> John Wick four. Good. Broca. Yeah, cool. He should be in Knives Out. Uh okay, Jimmy. Here's a name neither of us I'm sure have heard in quite a while. Uh Movie Pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Movie Pass. Uh for all the you out there unfamiliar with this service, uh a couple years ago it was a like subscription service where you could get a card in the mail and then you could use that card. You'd pay ten bucks a month, but then you'd basically get unlimited movies like you could see whatever movie you wanted in the theater at any time for 10 bucks a month it was a good a deal that was definitely too good to be true and there was no financial way that they could stay afloat with that service Uh, but jimmy and i took advantage of it for the short time we could anyway movie pass it was just accused of blocking users from watching movies by the ftc apparently the the company uh invalidated seventy five thousand account passwords for no reason like over the course of it being active uh, and then it also launched a faulty ticket verification program that made many accounts that led to many accounts being blocked over the course of it so they're what I gather, it sounds like they were just like, oh, crap, people are spending the money. Yeah. People are using the service more than they thought they would. So we need to somehow stop them from using the service in shady ways is yeah. what it sounds like. Exactly. So, that's an oof. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, this company had already kind of gotten an oof just by how poor its like business plan was and kind of how it was how it treated everyone towards the ends of its life but it sounded like this was happening from pretty early on during it's like ten dollars a month thing so yeah not great i mean i never ran into these problems and i was able to enjoy it until it stopped happening but sucks for everyone who was paying 10 bucks a month and then just couldn't use the service i'm pretty sure i got on right away Right when they went to the $10 a month thing, mm-hmm. I was like, you guys have to do this. It's like witchcraft, which it was. It really was. It's it, like, this was their business model. It's like, all right, you give me $10 and I'll give you $30. Exactly. Every month. <laughs> like, it was what? Well, it was like fantastic because I, I got on it probably a month or two after you did because you kept like encouraging it and I was kind of apprehensive. Like, this just sounds too good. I was like, there has to be some sort of catch. But as after I looked into it more and Jimmy was using it, I, I jumped on. And there was probably a whole about a whole semester of school where we were able to to use this. Jimmy probably almost two semesters of school where we were able to use this. It was pretty great. 
It was it was so fantastic. I still have the card somewhere. I saved it, you know, just as a little memento. I do I do too, although somehow it like split in half. So <laughs> I have the card, but it's broken. Uh well, move past yeah, they were not long for this world, so uh Brokawa lasted Bombadil, everything else, their business <laughs> practices. Yeah, I think, I mean, I had fun. I think I'm just going to give it a Bombadil overall, though, because kind of a scummy company. Um, Next up, are you familiar with Matilda, Jimmy? Yes. Matilda. I oh. am familiar with Matilda by Rolled the Doll. Yeah, okay. So there was that movie in the 90s that people quite like, I'm mm-hmm. including myself. Anyway, but there's recently a musical adaptation that came out, which I am a huge fan of. I've listened to the soundtrack. I, I think it's a pretty great, at least as far as music goes, I think it's a pretty great musical. Anyway, there's a movie adaptation of this musical coming out. It's coming to Netflix. Uh, it's going to be like an actual film adaptation, not like Hamilton or anything where it's just a recording, uh, but it's going to be coming December of next year. So yeah, that's really all that's known. I don't think there was any casting, anything about it. Um, I'm kind of excited though, Jimmy, do you have any thoughts on Matilda musical? Um, I mean, I haven't seen Matilda, the movie from the nineties for like at least 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not, you'll be more excited about this than I am. So I'll give it a Bergeron. Yeah, uh, I'll give it a Broca. Uh Then we have uh, a reboot of Christine, uh, the movie about or in book about the possessed car by Stephen yeah, King. I was like, this is some sort of Stephen King thing, but I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a reboot coming, and it's going to be directed by Brian Fuller, who wrote Hannibal for on the, the TV show. The TV show that was good for two seasons, and then that last season was, I don't know, I watched a few episodes, and I was like, this is not as good. <laughs> I mostly bring this up because I saw that the Hannibal writer was attached, so I figured you'd be at least somewhat interested, Jimmy. You haven't watched Hannibal? No, I haven't yet. You should watch the first two seasons of Hannibal. I'll probably watch all three. You probably <laughs> will, but I, for me, like this, the end of the second season is just such a good ending point. And mm-hmm. then I think they just retcon like everything at the beginning of the third season. I was like, well, why did you do that? <laughs> now that would have no meaning. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's capable of really good writing. So uh, Christine, interesting story, I guess. Um, so yeah. we'll, we'll see where it goes. What do you give it? I'll give it a Broca. I get, well, Bergeron, because I don't know. The story's silly. Uh, I don't... I haven't seen, like, the... There's a Christine movie, I think, from the 80s. Uh, I haven't seen it, um, and I haven't read the book, so I don't know much about it. However, it did inspire, like, one of my favorite episodes of the regular show uh, on Cartoon Network. So, for that entire reason, I'm going to give it a Broca. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, final piece of movie news is that, uh, apparently a Lego Batman sequel isn't going to happen. Uh, Uh, I saw this. Yeah. Despite the uh, success of the Lego Batman movie, I think we had talked about like a long time ago that due to kind of the box office disappointment of the Lego Ninjago movie and the Lego movie two, uh, Warner Bros like, like nixed their whole deal 
uh, with Lego. They're like, no, we don't want to make any more of these movies. Uh, so then Universal scooped up the movie rights. So Universal's the ones that can make Lego movies now. So it's their franchises that will get like Lego treatments. <laughs> the Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Jurassic Park. Uh, anyway, so this is uh, this came from the director of the first movie, Chris McKay. Uh, that now due to the Universal deal, it's just very unlikely that Lego Batman, since that's a uh, Warner Brothers property, that will un- be unable to happen. Which is disappointing because I really liked Lego Batman. I didn't Dude, like it. The Lego Batman movie is an absolute banger of a movie. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. I don't think it's as good as the lego movie but it might be funnier than the lego movie i don't know i think like as an overall movie what i think it's better than the lego movie i can't remember what i said in the lego movie to review but one of those two movies is is the best one i can't remember in my opinion i think lego movie i think lego batman movie might be funnier but as an overall movie i think i like the lego movie a little more i don't know from what I understand, this new movie was going to be about the friendship between Batman and Superman, and the or the and his relationship with the Justice League as a whole. Yeah, and it was about like how hard it is to like change over time, and how some like your new friends or whatever only see you in a certain light, and or like might grow distant for what certain reasons, like you know proximity and then like your old friends don't see like you after you've changed a lot mm-hmm. like they only see the past you i'm like wow that's kind of mature yeah that, relate to those things that sounds like a good story um and i think like especially if it focused on the justice league in wake of like the snyder cut and everything there could be some good oh, like gosh. meta jokes there my man my man <laughs> doesn't um, doesn't aquaman already say my man in yeah one of the, the lego other movie too oh, okay he goes remember because they send the 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 uh justice league out to save the day oh yeah yeah that's right my man <laughs> um and bruce willis crawling through vents that's right that was pretty funny um, i <laughs> uh what a, uh, i guess this is a bombadil because i want to see this movie man i hope it sees the light of day someday yeah bombadil for me too okay so now we've got tog oh, our finally. gaming portion um so basically we have e3 this week kind of snuck up on me and jimmy i think uh mostly because like sony didn't isn't having any sort of presentation um, I'm excited for Nintendo's. I think Nintendo's is actually happening in like 30 minutes from the time of recording, so I don't have anything At E3 to talk about. or is it just a state of Well, play? it's a stream, but they always do it like during E3. It's They do their own thing. But anyway, so uh, I, I'll just run through some of the highlights that we, we saw at E3. I didn't actually watch any of the full presentations, so disclaimer there. Wasn't very excited about anything. Uh, that I had seen beforehand, so uh, we'll just get into it. Anyway, big news for fans of this game. Elden Ring uh, has news after like two years of silence. This is the game from From Software, uh, the creators of Dark Souls and Bloodborne and Sekiro. Um, but it's being written supposedly by George R. R. Martin. Uh, so it looks like another... At least something's being written by George R. R. Martin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, it, it kind of looks, I mean, it looks similar in like setting. I'm, I guess this is coming from someone who doesn't know anything about Dark Souls. It looks similar in setting just because it's like a fantasy world uh, to those games. Um, it's probably going to have very similar gameplay. Supposedly there's going to be like horseback combat now, which is new. Sounds kind of cool. I don't know. I don't know much about Eld- like Hold about. It. Don't pretend like we care about these games. Let's just <laughs> give it a Bergeron. Let's move on. Good for and the people who like it. All right. It's releasing in January of next year. Also, I didn't say that bit. Okay, I am excited for this, even though I haven't played the game yet. Apparently, Resident Evil Eight is getting some DLC. Uh, Capcom announced this. Supposedly, it's it was only happening after popular demand. I don't know who was like crying out for DLC for a Resident Evil game, but okay. Anyway. But they didn't have, like, anything to show for it. It was basically the, the announcement. So, probably means it's going to be a while. So. Yeah. People liked the people liked the Resident Evil 7 DLC a lot. That's true. Yeah. I haven't played, but. I do like it as well. Um, I mean, cool. If it's kind of in vain of those, or, like, in, in lieu of those two, that would be cool. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm planning on playing Resident Evil 8 pretty soon. I'm going to go home for like a week and probably just play it on the... Since my brother bought it on PC, I'll probably just play it while I'm at home. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it a Bergeron. I, I'll see. I'm, I'll play that game when it's on a deep, deep sale, I think. There you go. Uh, the next one was from Ubisoft's presentation. Uh, a new Avatar game. I didn't know they were making an Avatar game, but anyway, it's called Avatar: Frontiers of Pandora. This is the the blue cat people Avatar, not Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uh, anyways, meow. <laughs> don't cut down our tree, meow. <laughs> but they apparently this game is going to be a first person action adventure game. Uh, it's going to be made in the engine that they made the division in, which is Snowdrop. Um, yeah, I don't know. I assume it's going to be open first, world since it's a Ubisoft game. First person. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't. The trailer looks stunning, but of course it wasn't gameplay, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think I think playing an open world game in that world could be cool, especially if they like introduce new things and the flying. I mean, it could be fun, but it's also an <laughs> an Ubisoft open world game. So. Yeah, so it's how like fantastic can it be? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess thinking first person, I was kind of imagining. Well, I, this is also Ubisoft, I guess, is why I'm thinking about it. But like Far Cry Primal, I don't know. Because it's very, like, primitive weapons and stuff. I don't know. Kind of interested. Uh, I'll give it a Bergeron, personally. I will as well, but I'll keep my eye on it. Because it could be cool. Probably the biggest surprise of E3 so far was the announcement of a Guardians of the Galaxy game. This this came out of nowhere, and it's coming out in October, I think. I thought it was Uh, just like a... It was a surprise announcement by Square... I thought it was just like an Avengers DLC at first. I'm like, oh no, this is a whole game. I did too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a surprise announcement by Square Enix and Eidos Montreal. Um, it is a, it's looks like, uh, from what I've seen of it, a single-player experience where you play pretty much exclusively as Star-Lord. Uh, it's third-person action gameplay. It has I watched the gameplay trailer. It has like dialogue trees and like maybe choices with the dialogue and stuff. Um, I don't know what what did you think of it, Jimmy? 
Um, I think the gameplay looks okay. I thought I could not stand the dialogue. I wanted to bang. Yeah, it was pretty wall. cringy. <laughs> I'm like, if that is the dialogue for the whole game, there's absolutely no way I could play this. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it, it's trying to be. I mean, it's trying to go in in like the same vein as the movies, where it's just like funny, witty stuff, but it's not witty. It's like just bad writing. It, it's one of just, those. Okay, so some people confuse funny, good writing with characters just dissing each other all the time and being mean to each other all the time there's a difference oh, yeah. like guardians has people like who they'll like diss each other and that sort of thing but mm-hmm. you know they'll, they'll they'll insult each other but it's not like there is like a lovingness to it this is they're just insulting each other like all <laughs> the time and you know it comes off as like and i think that's where like hobbs and shaw was just like this is not funny you're just insulting each other all the time well, and, like, also, and it's like, like, oh, this is their relationship, huh? Isn't this cool and funny? And it's like, no, it's just lazy, bad. You think you're being clever in the good writing, but it just, to me, it comes off as just very, I don't know, just like a, not like, not literally immature, where you could say that, but I, I'm just, but just like in an immature in writing. Well, and it's I not under- nuanced. I understand this isn't part of the MCU, but just like. I mean, and admittedly, this is just a brief trailer. The characters seem to have, like, no depth. Maybe Star-Lord does, but, like, this, like the other team members are just, like... Like, Gamora and Drax seem to almost just be the same character where they just are, like, the, oh, don't understand, like, human nuances. That's, like, their whole shtick in this one. And then Rocket's just angry. And he's got, a distract- he's got a distracting goatee thing going on. Yeah. I don't know. I the gameplay to me, it looked like it could be cool. It looks like it might be a bit grindy, but it doesn't. From what yeah. I understand, it's not. It's not going to have any of the like Avengers mistakes, where it's going to have like microtransactions and it's going to be like just a chore to play. But it just kind of like a lot of the fighting looked kind of slow. It didn't look like there was a ton of options. I'm I'm sure there's probably like different skills you can swap out and stuff. So that probably will make the gameplay a bit more interesting. But I don't know. I'm I'm a bit apprehensive on it. I'm kind of glad that they're making another Marvel game that's not the Avengers. <laughs> it's not kind of in that that style. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I'm cautiously optimistic. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I hope it's good, but I don't know. I just the if the writing is bad, there's I just will not be able to play it. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I just won't be able to play it. It'll drive me insane. Yeah, and it like you said, it looks grindy. It reminded me of the Gotham Knights trailer a little bit. Yeah, where it just seems a little bit fabricated or well, something. It's- it seems weird because like Gotham Knights also kind of gave off vibes of the Avengers game, but both of those are like multiplayer online. This from what it's like what I've been reading and what the trailer indicates just seems to be single player. So it seems weird to me that it's so grindy. Yeah. Um, what was it? Like it just like these things don't seem organic. You know what I'm saying? Like Gotham Knights very much seem like, Oh, this story is happening. (laughs) <laughs> now this gameplay is happening. Whereas this too, it was like this story is happening. Now this gameplay is happening. You know, it doesn't seem like a story that's being told very well. Mm-hmm. 
So, and for me, I like I said, I'm I'm not a typical gamer, but I I my thing is the the narrative and the writing are the most important things for me. I'll take mediocre gameplay and a great story any day over great gameplay and a mediocre story. But I I feel like I may be in the minority there. Or yeah, that's definitely not how I am. <laughs> I'm more which of the is latter. completely fine. You know, it's okay to buy Call of Duty every year. I don't do that. I know, Holden. <laughs> it's okay. You can just admit that you do that. And you play Fortnite all the time. We know. It's okay. I don't. No. Unfortunately. I've never once played a game of Fortnite. So. Wow. Maybe I'm just old. You haven't even tried it? Nope. Wow. I have never touched a game of Fortnite. And I think at this point I'm just going to keep it that way. <laughs> You're an old curmudgeon man. I just. I've played it a couple times with, like, just at a friend's house. And I just hid until someone found me and then I he died. <laughs> Got like twenty fourth once. Oh nice. Yeah. So not bad. Yeah. Alright. Uh regardless of the galaxy Bergeron. Bergeron. There yeah. we go. Nice. Uh next bit of news, uh there's a Borderlands spin-off, uh Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is what it's called. This seems to be an expanded kind of version of a DLC for Borderlands 2 where it's uh Tiny Tina, what fan favorite character. She's basically like the dungeon master for a Dungeons and Dragons game and you're basically playing through that Dungeons and Dragons game, but she just kind of makes up stuff as it goes on. That was like one of the most popular parts of Borderlands 2. Um so it seems like we're getting kind of full full game of that. Um, I haven't played that DLC, even though I've played some of Borderlands 2, but from what I've seen, it is very funny. So, And it seems very creative and cool. So I have a full-length game of it. I'm down. Bergeron. Brokaw. And then the last bit, I just have... Uh, X, my, in my notes, I have Xbox had a banger event. This is only supposedly from what I've seen from people, because I also did not watch it. Also, I do not care about most of these games. Um, but hey, if you're an Xbox fan, it seems like they have some good exclusives, especially since they own Bethesda now. Uh, one of them was Starfield, which is another, like, uh, um, Elden mm-hmm. Ring was a, it was a game that had been announced like three or four years ago, and we hadn't heard anything. But anyway, it's a new like RPG by Bethesda, uh, kind of in similar way. Uh, like I think it's first person, similar to Fallout in like Elder Scrolls. Um, but it's apparently is that going to confirmed be- to be an exclusive. He, it said in the trailer. It only said Xbox like in in PC in the trailer, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if that's been officially confirmed. Because sometimes they'll put that, and then they're like, "Oh no, it's actually coming to PlayStation 2. Um, so anyway, PlayStation uh, two, it's going to run like garbage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to come to PlayStation two. I wish, uh, but apparently it's going to be a bit of a more hardcore RPG experience. It looks like not quite as fantastical as those two other series. Cause it kind of looks more like a near future kind of space game. I mean, there's still like space guns and it looks like there's robots, but like the, the ships and everything kind of look like a, maybe 30 years in the future kind of game or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't I we'll see. Yeah. They didn't really show anything. It was just kind of like, "Hey, remember this game? It's still coming." <laughs> and it's releasing November of next year. So, for all you Bethesda fans, there you go. Do you think it actually is? I bet they delay. No, it. it's going to get delayed 
None of these. I uh, none of these release dates are going to happen. I bet even Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be delayed. Um, Bergeron for that, I guess. Yep. Um, Bergeron. There's also a new Arcane Studios exclusive for Xbox called The Redfall. I didn't watch the trailer for this, but apparently it's kind of like Left for Dead, except there's like vampires in it instead of zombies. Mm. I don't know. Uh, that's the this is the Arcane Studio branch that made Prey from a few years ago that some people really like. I have not played. Um, I don't know Bergeron. Bergeron. Anything else for Togb? Yeah, two more Xbox ones. Oh. Uh, I didn't watch the trailer for this, but I'm mostly bringing this up for Xander, uh, my brother. Uh, Stalker Two got a new trailer. Very anticipated sequel for like from like a game from 2005. Um, okay. I don't know much about it. It kind of it's it's like a first person RPG kind of game set in the, the first one's at least set in Chernobyl, like at post obviously post like the whole disaster and everything. And there's like a lot of mutants and everything, and it's like kind of that style of game. Anyway, sequel to that, uh, Bergeron. Don't know much about it. The one I actually do care about though is uh, a sequel to a Plague Tale was announced um i played the first one last year uh really liked it plague tale innocence was what it was called played it on ps4 this one seems to be an at least a timed exclusive for xbox Uh, it's called a plague tale requiem seems to take place immediately after the first one i didn't think the first one ended on it like it needed a sequel it kind of seemed like it was pretty definitive in its ending but i liked it so much i'm open to a sequel so we'll see all right a bro call Sure. I haven't played it yet, but it's on my radar. Yeah. Um, that's it, though. That's it. We're finally That's through. it. Gee whiz. That was longer than I thought it was going to be. I did, too. Anyway, right. on Let's... to Loki, episode yeah. one. Loki, the w- episode one of six? Yes. All right. Okay, so Loki, uh, the new Marvel series on Disney Plus, following WandaVision and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. First episode is released. They're releasing on Wednesdays now, which is really annoying. We're recording this podcast late due to it's it's my fault. I over we were going to record yesterday, and I overslept before I could do anything about it. Um, but anyway, so we're recording this on a Tuesday, which means we watched this almost a whole week ago. I did watch this on Wednesday of last week. Um, Thursday, maybe. Okay. So you were, you were kind of flipping through it. So you may have remembered some things that I'm going to forget, but anyway, um, kind of premise of the show is after the events of Avengers Endgame, wherein they like Avengers travel back to New York and through a series of events, Loki kind of escapes with the Tesseract. Following that, uh, he gets arrested by the Time Variance Authority, which seems to be this intergalactic, like, time-keeping police kind of thing. Uh, He gets arrested for branching off of this timeline and causing problems, and yeah. So, what do you think of this first episode, Jimmy? Yeah, I I think what we should do here is just give our brief thoughts about... Mm -hmm the sh- the first episode non-spoilers and then just dive into spoilers yeah I'm um, okay with that. rather than break it into two i really i thought this was the best 
at least the best pilot episode of any Disney Plus show so far. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I was very intrigued. I was like, well, this is game-changing stuff. And apparently Kevin Feige, I think he said it was like, this is going to be the show that's going to have the most impact on the MCU going forward, mm-hmm. for, or at least for a while. Which makes uh, sense. I can see why. And... um yeah, it's. I thought it was fascinating. I really liked, again, <laughs> Marvel taking a character I did not like, <laughs> making it a character I enjoy to watch now, um, along with Owen Wilson as Mobius. Yeah, Mobius. Um, I like him in that role. I like their chemistry. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a very interesting show. This is a very interesting part of the multiverse i guess yeah um and i'm i'm excited to see where this show goes because i don't really know where it's going yeah um i also thought it was pretty great i think aside from i mean obviously this could change as the show goes on i think aside from like guardians of the galaxy this might be like the most consistently funny piece of marvel media because i thought most of the jokes in this were pretty clever pretty funny um a lot of that is due to i think a lot of the funny bits are owen wilson who's just a funny actor (laughs) but he is he's great in this i love it um yeah i think this this story is gonna be pretty interesting the setting is cool there's a lot of potential for this setting i think there's a lot of bits in the trailer that when we watched the trailer we thought looked cool that we haven't seen yet so i don't think it's like all the cool stuff is going to be early on i think it's going to be spread throughout um intriguing premise yeah i'm i'm very excited for where this is going to go moving forward all right i think from this point on we'll go into spoilers just so we can talk about specifically what we liked but it's the first episode we'll do spoiler reviews from here on out for the rest of the the rest of the six episodes total, I highly recommend it so far after one episode. I, I think it's interesting, certainly over Falcon and the Winter Soldier, at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, okay, so I did like Loki before. Um, I've always just kind of liked his character. I liked him in The Avengers. I liked him in Thor Ragnarok. He's probably the most interesting later on in like Thor Ragnarok and stuff, but... Um, I've always liked him before. What I think is really interesting is despite them kind of almost rebooting this character by taking one from the past, so then he's still alive. Like he, this is the Avengers Loki who hasn't had like the redemption arc that the, the one who dies in infinity war did. I kind of like how he's like speed run through his development almost in this episode. I don't think it seems like forced or anything. It seems like this speed run process will almost make it'll make him different. It'll make him maybe a little bit of a better person than he was in Avengers, but not quite to the almost hero like he was by the end of the like Infinity War one. So I agree. I, I agree. And I, I like that because it's hard to like just reset. Like it'll be yeah. interesting to see the, the relationship between um, Peter and Gamora or Star-Lord mm-hmm. and Gamora. Yeah. Cause that, I don't know. It's hard to, when you like, it's like when you go back and rewatch, uh, rewatch a TV show. Yeah. It's like, you know, like Jim and Pam in the office. It's like, <laughs> well, this is weird to watch them, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm glad that they just 
did that. I thought it was a way that was organic enough and made enough sense. But like you said, he's not going to be all the way to that redemption that he was in Infinity War. Yeah. Um, he's going to be somewhere in between, which makes him a little bit more unpredictable and interesting. So mm-hmm. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I did too. I thought it was really funny that he was D.B. Cooper. I didn't I realize did that was in the trailer, <laughs> so I got such a kick out of that. I had forgotten that. I think that was like I had seen that was theorized from that that scene in the trailer that that's what that was. But I'd completely forgotten about it, and so that was pretty good. And like as it was happening, I mean, I I love the story of DB Cooper. I uh-huh. think it's really interesting. As I was watching that scene, I'm like, is he just DB Cooper? And then they do say it after that scene's done, and I was like, oh yeah. That's yeah, good. no, as soon as he's like, I have a bomb, I was like, oh, this is D.B. Cooper. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, it's D.B. Cooper. And they made him look like D.B. Cooper. Like, he looked mm-hmm. like the sketch. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, even it, like all the stories you hear about D.B. Cooper, I'm like, that kind of matches, like, Loki's personality. And mm-hmm. it's just, like, I thought that was really just a funny little aside. So, yeah, I, I got a kick out of that. I just think, I think the big, like takeaway of this show is that whole oh, we're gonna get into some multiverse stuff and things are gonna get big Weird. and there's things way bigger than thanos out there mm. well yeah the infinity stones are paperweights i love i liked that a lot <laughs> i thought that was like a very cool like bookend to the infinity saga thing because like uh, uh, like you know through endgame the infinity stones were like the big big MacGuffins that everyone wanted to get and now that whole storyline's done and they're just nothing <laughs> literally like no one cares about them anymore yeah because like at, the, at this point it's like why wouldn't you just go why wouldn't somebody go find the time stone and then go back and then steal it and destroy all the dimensions and it's like mm-hmm. well there's stuff way more powerful than the infinity stones in the multiverse yeah. which is hard to fathom mm-hmm. but they I think they portrayed it well we got those yeah. reptile people in charge. Are they the villains? Probably the villains. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. We'll maybe see. Maybe if they're real, maybe they're just. A well, it's interesting. Mirage. So, like, the whole concept of this time variance authority is they're trying to keep this one timeline, like, stable. Like, supposedly. I mean, they're probably lying to us, but supposedly, like, this timeline is like, if, if this gets broken, then the universe will end or whatever. Um, but like we have Spider-Man three coming out, we have multiverse of madness coming out. So like, obviously at some point there has to be some sort of change where like the multiverse is like acceptable or like it's at least happening. So I'm guessing that's kind of where this show is going to end up is this timeline is going to get broken. Well, and I see this progression now. I mean, Loki talks about how, oh, I, I, my goal is to take away people's free will so they don't have to make these decisions for themselves, and that's what they really want. But mm-hmm. you can obviously see that if there's only one timeline, there is not, free will doesn't exist. Also, someone is just, like, mowing the lawn immediately outside my apartment. <laughs> I can so I hear know. it, but that's okay. okay. <laughs> it was very loud, so I was <laughs> like, okay. Um, but... <laughs> So I could see that, you know, if there's one timeline, there's not really free will or it's an illusion of free will. And it'd be it'd be an interesting character arc to see him go from I want to take away people's free will to Mm -hmm. I'm going to restore 
people's free will and i could see it going that way and i think that that would make sense and work so if that happens i totally called it yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, and if it doesn't happen holden why'd you bring that up you fool <laughs> <laughs> what what did you think okay so i mean i guess i guess this is the only way they could have done it without making it a bigger deal but like Loki is like it's the Avengers' fault. They traveled back in time and like they caused. They went back in time and changed a bunch of things and like it's obviously their fault. And then the Time Variance Authority is like, nah, they were supposed to do that. <laughs> I just my thought is, is uh, that's not how the Force works. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not how the multiverse works. Like yeah, Sid, if if they were supposed to do that, then. Like you said, that these timekeepers are dictating what's supposed to be done. Mm-hmm. So it's I don't know. I don't it's know. a little hairy, but maybe they're doing that to have the happiest ending. You know, I don't know. Or should they? Should they just let it go? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I think from a writing perspective, it was probably the best way to go because otherwise, it's like I don't know. I feel like then you'd be asking for the TVA to be introduced into like a mar- bigger Marvel movie and I'm not sure they want to do that so I don't know whatever not a big problem I think uh, the like visual style of this show is pretty cool I like the Rem- like the kind of the setting of the time variance authority at least the way we see it it's it's this like office <laughs> space kind of an older maybe like late 20th century style office um i just think it's i think the lighting and and color of that place is very is it's very dull but i think that's the point is it's supposed to just be like oh this is just this is just what we do it's just a boring day at the office (laughs) keeping the timelines intact yeah it kind of reminded me of like control mixed with like the shape of water oh yeah a little bit yeah that's a good way of describing it um but yeah no i i thought it was quirky it was wasn't loki like this looks like a room where you're gonna kill me or something yeah (laughs) um i like how dreary and and like down owen wilson is about everything in his he's like well yeah things kind of suck here like i just love how like everybody's so ho-hum about everything and they're literally like the universe is in their hands Mm. they're literally the most powerful force in the universe that we know of right now (laughs) like yeah well oh yeah infinity stones you want one (laughs) oh here's the tesseract and loki's face just like well dang my whole life was dedicated to getting this thing and ruling the universe and wow just puts it all in perspective, huh? Yeah. I um going kind of back to Loki's character. I'm interested to see where like him well, I I guess we've kind of already seen it. He's very much now like you're not supposed you're not controlling who I am or whatever. Um but I'm interested to see if that if like seeing his death on screen comes back more cuz I feel like that would be traumatizing seeing yourself die. Yeah. That would mess me up. Um, when they showed that devil stained glass window, I totally thought it was supposed to be Mephisto, but apparently it's Loki. I don't know. 
I actually I didn't even think about that until afterwards. I was and then I was like reading stuff about this show, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that devil would make sense to be Mephisto. I don't think it is Mephisto though. Like it is probably Loki. Um, it wouldn't make se- like Mephisto. It doesn't really make sense to fit in here since he's like a devil almost religious figure in the mcu and that would seem weird to be put in this show so probably not mephisto maybe he'll come later but we're gonna get a bunch of loki's yeah i guess some i don't know evil loki's maybe maybe not because we didn't actually see loki's face at the end yeah i was like be him yeah it was implied to be him but they didn't show him i'm like if it was just another version of loki why wouldn't they just show him so i think there's something else going on here Mm mm-hmm um something's a little fishy something's afoot <laughs> uh but let's see what else we got here let me just kind of looking through i i'm hoping we get a bunch of fun time travel stuff too me too i think we will um uh, i'm trying Cooper. to think of what else to say the uh the little cartoon in it yeah, right, that reminded me of the what's it, Mr. DNA from Jurassic. Park. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Apparently, the uh, the clock character was voiced by famed uh, voice actress Tara Strong. So good for her. <laughs> Miss Minutes or something. Yeah. Um. Minutes. Yeah. What was I gonna say? Uh. Yeah, I feel <laughs> Loki's like I didn't even mean to mess up the timeline and you guys are like (laughs) threatening to vaporize me out of existence yeah well yeah that's that's kind of what was like interesting about this so you have like i mean obviously they bring in like anyone from these timelines even people that are unaware of like this intergalactic stuff you just have like normal people like (laughs) like humans brought in and we see a couple of them here where they're just like they did something like accidentally wrong and then now they're gonna get killed for it it's so, it this it's something else, man. I don't know. They're like these guys have to be bad, or maybe this is just like a right. Maybe they're trying to make us think they're bad. I don't know. I could see it doing that. Well, I th- I just think they're being manipulated by something. That could be too. Is Mobius yeah. a good guy or a bad guy in the comics? I think Mobius is a good guy. Okay. I think Mobius. I think out of anyone, if anyone's going to turn against the TVA with Loki, it'll be him. Yeah. I could see that judge lady being bad. Yeah, from what I understand, she's going to play a lot bigger part in the series, too. She won't just be the judge. So She'll be the judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Anything else you want to say before we give our scores here, Holden? I don't think so. I think this was a really good pilot. One of the best TV pilots I've seen. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, I think you you know what? I was actually coming in here thinking an 8, but the more I talked about it with you, I think just talking to someone else who who really really liked it <laughs> convinced me I'm going to go up to a 9 as well. Yeah. Well, it's just it's nice to see something interesting, fresh and having consequence. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's I was just bored out of my mind and disinterested with Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier, whatever it is. Yeah, I I can't even remember the name of it. Like, um, so it's nice to see something that's different and intriguing and has interesting characters in it. 
Yeah. Um, so. Tom Hiddleston is a gem. Yep. All right. Let's go on to our non-spoiler review of In the Heights. <laughs> In the Heights is a musical adaptation uh, released simultaneously on HBO Max and in theaters. Um, it is a adaptation of Lin Manuel's uh, Lin Manuel Miranda's musical of the same name from like 2008, I think, is when it came out. Which um, is when I like saw it on Broadway and have absolutely no recollection <laughs> of it. <laughs> I honestly did not know it existed until this movie was being made. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, in case you don't know, is the Hamilton uh, creator, most well-known for that. Obviously, once Hamilton was a big success, then film companies are like, hey, maybe we should take a look at his other work. Uh, maybe this will make, uh, make us some money. Um, so In the Heights, it follows uh, uh, a bunch of different characters. Probably the main one is Usnavi who is a Dominican Republic. Um, he's from the Dominican Republic. He's um, He runs kind of this corner shop in Washington Heights in New York. Um, and it's kind of him and his friends and family and love interest. And it's that, it's that whole community. It's a bunch of different storylines going on, uh, kind of them dealing with, I don't know, life, I guess. <laughs> Um, life in Washington Heights um, as as a minority. Um, yeah, what do you think, Jimmy? I boy, um, I thought this was a good movie, um, but for me, it suffered by, from the fact that everything that Hamilton was was better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it was just a not as good version of Hamilton. I thought it was very well adapted to film i thought they did some really creative things yeah uh to make it not just you know a musical version of it i would like to have the thing i would <laughs> i would just sat there the whole time thinking well i would have would have liked to see in a hamilton version of this um because they did so they did some cre- really creative things with like the camera with special effects um with the sequencing mm-hmm but for me, the characters and the story was just not very compelling. That's kind of where I'm at. Is I, I don't know. I like. I love the setting. I love the world this movie sets up. I I actually like the music quite a bit. I was I kind of originally when I and this is this is after I've listened to the soundtrack after having watched the movie. When I first watched the movie, I was like, yeah, there's a couple of bangers in here, but the rest are kind of meh. But I kind of, I think when I was able to pay attention more to the music and less of the other aspects of the movie, I came to appreciate it a bit more. However, I, I do. I didn't like the music that much. I mean, there's literally like one of the lines was like, well, cutting hair at the barber is my current occupation or something. Yeah. Is the state of my that, current occupation. Okay. It was like, that was really bad. <laughs> that was, okay, that was my biggest complaint about the music is I just feel... The first song in in the music musical, which is self titled "In the Heights," that song's really good. But that I think was really good. But part of the reason why that's really good is because that's a rap. <laughs> like in the the other music in this, there's a lot of just singing, which is opposed to like Hamilton, which is more rap focused. 
but this there's a lot of just singing songs but with Lin-Manuel's writing style which is just making observations of things that are happening or like literally describing what's happening which I think works a lot better in a rap style like because it worked really well in the first song because that still happens in the first song and I think that's a very good song but later on when it's more sing-songy and they're literally just like singing about like cutting hair about trying to open a bottle of champagne like it's it's just kind of yeah lame it's like the lyrics aren't interesting and it's and when it you, just doesn't fit <laughs> and when you have a two and a half hour movie and part of the movie's dedicated to characters struggling to open a bottle of champagne <laughs> it's like what are we doing here yeah it's it's just weird to me um because like i said i do actually like quite a bit of the music i think uh, especially in terms of rhythms and and stuff like everything is surrounding the lyrics i think on the music is pr- really pretty good and i think there's i think i would say i like the lyrics in probably 60 percent of the songs and 40 percent it's like kind of cringy i would say the same if i were to boil down my thought of this movie to like one statement I would say it is like a combination of Hamilton and do the right thing but it's not as good as either one of those yeah that is like how I would describe that you know you know what I'm saying it's like if you mash those two things together and and with Lin-Manuel's Miranda's background um and like it's a very authentic story you can feel that which i appreciate but it just like he's trying to make his do the right thing and it just does not have any impact i know and i it's a good thing you brought up the comparison to do the right thing because i think and i apologize if you think if this story really spoke to you that's great i think it's a still a good movie but for me i i, I love so- the i love the ideas like the yeah. ideas the message of it the, the theme i thought those were there and it just for whatever reason this the this characters didn't weren't great vessels at like portraying that story no, or they were just yeah, undercooked. Exactly. i because i think like the themes of i i think the themes of race and stuff like that are like draw comparisons to do the right thing i just don't think they're explored that well in this and i think it is like you said due to the characters like they are there and i think the ideas are good but the characters just like are uninteresting and the relationships they have with each other are uninteresting as well (laughs) like so yeah i the uh, another thing i want to say is that these racial kind of undertones are there the problem is is like they are either they're all like spoken like Mm -hmm. like one character went to stanford right and and had some things like that's her whole character she's coming back from stanford to like be in the community again and she's like oh and she just says things she's experienced at stanford okay well we didn't like it's not the same if we don't see it like happen. you know what i'm saying like it's more impactful if we watch those things happen and see it with our own eyes or like at the end of the movie they're like oh here's what i'm saying and this is the message of the movie you know they're saying it rather than showing it whereas do the right thing it's all the visual storytelling yeah. and of the plot it like organically builds to that 
and you I, see and you see this thing come into a head and you're like oh my gosh this is really nuanced writing that brings up all these issues about race and it's super thought-provoking and it's there's so much nuance to it where this it just doesn't have that same bite that do the right thing has i mean and do the right thing is amazing at it obviously it's hard to it's not fair to compare everything to it but that is the standard i think okay aside from like one example where the main love interest character goes to try to buy an apartment i think aside from that this movie which like is is all about like these people experiencing like racism or at least prejudice and stuff in their community we don't see it like at all i don't think and I, I mean, I obviously I don't want to see I, I'm not saying I want to see just like tons of racism in this movie. That's not what I want to see. But like I just like you said, with do the right thing, like it's more nuanced. We get a lot more interactions between different people and we get those like that set up for that ending climax. But this it's just kind of people saying they're they're prejudiced, but we don't actually see it. Yeah. And in order to feel it, we need yeah. to experience it with the characters. And yeah. we don't. We don't. We just don't. Other than, like you said, there's a scene with the apartment. You kind of feel it. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's just like, oh, th- this happened, or or we are saying this, or you know, I, there's a couple moments where you kind of experience things, but like one was just seemed so out of like nowhere all of a sudden um, okay. with one of the younger characters. If I'm trying to hint it to you. Like they're at this rally and then they're like, oh, wait. Oh, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's interesting, but it just didn't seem very organically brought into the story. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a critique. My other big critique is that there's this whole story kind of hinders on the relationship between two, the the lead and and like the the co-star, I guess. Yeah. And that relationship is so undercooked, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, I never bought their chemistry for a second. No, it's... And it's, like... I think part of that is I needed... I needed to see more of that relationship build. Because, like... I mean, it's not really... It's not really a spoiler, because it's at the beginning of the movie. They're, like, immediately interested in each other. Like, there's not really any build-up to that. We don't even really get much of a backstory of the two of them together. It's just kind of, like... They're like vaguely in the same like sorry logan just texted me some exciting nintendo news so i got distracted <laughs> anyway um oh, is it breath of the wild 2 no it's new metroid news which is oh. my favorite nintendo franchise so uh anyway um we we don't see any of like the backstory of them as like kids because it's kind of we kind of get the sense that they grew up as kids or whatever and like we don't really get any like I'm not like huge on flashbacks, but even that would help a little bit. Like I don't know, it's we we just don't get much of their past. They're just immediately interested in each other. <laughs> Weird. Um I don't know how to like I don't know, like I'm not just say critiquing this, but there's like the 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 filmmakers outright just lie to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> visually and I, I do you understand what i'm saying holden like that you're like visually like there's this kind of i don't i i don't want to say any more than that but like okay. i'll go into it in spoilers but like 
you're just told one thing throughout the story and you're like, well, that doesn't really align with where I think the theme of the story is. And then at the end, it's like, well, no, it's not. This was just, they were just lying to us visually. Okay. I'm not exactly what sure what you're on. talking about, but I'm sure we'll get to it in spoilers. Yeah. And um, uh, here's what I do want to say though. So those are critiques. What this movie does well, it does a really good job at adapting the music to the actual film like it's not just oh let's just sing and dance around no there's actually like this there's special effects they do some fun things with that they uh they there's like a you know it's very electric and energized and mm-hmm. good choreography and fantastic I, choreography i was the way very the, impressed with it they use sound effects from the world to interact with the music and all those things um that was electric i i enjoyed that i thought that was probably the strongest part of the movie honestly was mm-hmm. how they the, just the literal adaptation of the music and the musical to film they 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 really leaned into the medium they didn't do it they really thought outside the box for how are we going to make this how are we going to improve this by making a movie it's pretty I easy appreciated that it's pretty easy to get lost in this this film's version of Washington Heights too. Like I think some of the settings in this are just so colorful and vibrant and exciting. Like especially whenever there's a musical number, it's like this once again a cliche that I say occasionally, but this this the setting is a character in and of itself. <laughs> you call New York City a character in and of itself one more time on this podcast, Holden. <laughs> But it's just like it's so it's so varied all of these different locations and even if I don't particularly love the stories that are happening in them I think uh, John M Chu the director just did a great job of bringing it to the big screen as you as you said he's doing the dire- uh, the adaptation of Wicked so I'm kind of excited for that now oh I'm excited to see that because I haven't seen Wicked either that's yeah. exciting. Um, yeah, I guess my, most of my problems are just with the actual writing of the musical, mm-hmm. like the writing, writing. I thought it was well which, directed, well adapted. Yeah. Like they which did I, an excellent job with that. I haven't seen. Okay. So I haven't seen the musical. I, I caught a glimpse of this article. I meant, I forgot to click on it. I was like busy, so I didn't have time and I couldn't find it afterwards, but there's this article that said, the headline at least mentioned that apparently some of the nuance of the themes of the musical are lost in adaptation. So perhaps like the themes that we're complaining about not being fleshed out are better in the stage show. Well, if I remember the stage show, I just remember it being more in the street. Okay. I But I don't, like I said, I cannot remember anything about it. And funnily enough, I may have seen Lin-Manuel Miranda in the lead role. <laughs> yeah, like I very well might have done that because it was uh, maybe it was 2000. It came out in 2008. I think I saw it in 2009. So, so maybe probably not, honestly. But um, yeah, it's just I I have zero recollection of it for whatever reason. I don't know if it was just you know blocked it out. I was in fifth grade, so uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, that I don't remember anything about it. But um, I thought this movie was all right. 
So anything else to say <laughs> non-spoilerized? I do want to just for my final thought, I do think this movie is pretty good. Um, I think my thoughts on the writing are I'm, I'm somewhat attributing that to the musical itself, which I I don't know. It's hard for me with adaptations to know whether I should take that off of the movie or the, the original material. So I'm probably... I'm probably sounding a bit harsher on my actual like score than my actual score will be. I did enjoy it. Are you ready to give a rating? What are you giving it, Jimmy? What I'm giving, giving it a seven. Seven out of ten. Okay, yeah. I'm good, not yeah, great. Seven and a half for me, I think. I liked it. Enjoyed yeah. it. If you like musicals, you'll probably like this. All right. Let's go on to spoilers. Um, okay, so <laughs> I don't, you obviously don't remember anything about the stage show. I was wondering if Lin-Manuel's cameo in this was entirely just written for the movie so that he could be in it. I don't know, but it was incredibly distracting. It I was. Emily and I watched this together and I just laughed every time he came on screen. <laughs> I was just like, there he is. She's like, stop yeah, it. It's, just watch it's pretty movie. funny. And then, like, he's singing the song at the end. Like, he just, I was like, it was just so distracting to me. I mean, I guess in 30 years when people watch this and they don't. (laughs) In 30 years when people watch this and they, you know, don't remember what he looks like or looks like at this time, then it won't be as distracting. But now in the current climate, it was like, oh, my gosh. And then the guy who plays George Washington was, like, his rival guy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was funny. That was funny. Um, yeah, the it would have been funnier if it was like Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr. That's what I said. That's <laughs> immediate. I was like, it should have been Aaron Burr. That would have been hilarious. That would have been good. I would have forgiven the cameo then. Um, yeah, it it's just weird. I I that's why I'm wondering if it's just made up for this movie because it seems so out of place. The song has like nothing to do with the rest of the movie, and. He's, I don't remember if we made this comment about Hamilton, but he's still the worst singer of this movie, I think. I don't, I, I'm not that harsh on his singing. I, th- like, I, no, I think he's, like, good. Like, obviously, I'm nowhere near what he, like, it's hard, it's, I'm criticizing him, but he's far better than, like, I would ever be or anything. I think he's still a good singer, but I just think everyone else is better. Um, he just has such a distinct voice that mm-hmm. it's like you know when he's singing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, what was I gonna say now? I completely forgot what I was gonna say. Um. A lot of the visual style things in this, which I think are cool. Um. The 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 hair salon place with the the like mannequin heads. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> that was weird. It, it, and it, like the way they did it, it just looked like the way they would do it in an actual musical. It was like, oh, they're probably just like moving it with sticks or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, behind. <laughs> yeah, it, it was kind of. I thought that was kind of cool because it definitely felt like something out of a musical. Yeah, um, I mentioned that like we were just visually lied to the whole time. Like when he's telling the story, it look he's like in oh, yeah, Puerto okay. Rico, and then at the end he's just not. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, you just like, I don't know. I feel like that's pretty cheap. It was cheap, and I, I mean, I guess I don't know. 
because I I like the idea of that reveal. I feel like there's just a better way to do it, though. I don't know. Yeah, there has to be a better way to do it because I I do like that reveal. I think that whole that his his story arc would is made like more is more satisfying with that reveal. But there just needs to be a better visual way of showing that. I guess I don't think he needs to be telling this story. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't think it added that much. It just showed that he had a kid with the his love interest at the end. Yeah, that's true didn't really add much which again i had I, I bought the relationship between benny and nina more than i bought their relationship yeah and like i feel like vanessa who's who's the female lead her character is just like it's not very interesting and she's i don't know i didn't i didn't understand her arc either she just kind of seems selfish to me yeah then she like just, she's like i'm gonna move out and pursue my dream and and then she's like well i want you to stay because i love you yeah she's like, i want to pursue my dream and leave so but you have to stay i'm like well that doesn't seem very even <laughs> nice. in the actual song like i don't have the lyrics but when i was just listening to the soundtrack again she's like yeah i'm moving but i'm just moving downtown I'm like, so? You're still moving. Like, you're not going to be... Your whole thing is you want to get away from this neighborhood and be with, like, other people. Like, you're probably not going to come back that often, (laughs) if at all. Like, I, and now you're telling him he can't move? Like, very selfish. And then she just, like, all of a sudden is like, nah, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I didn't understand, like, her end point either. I was also like, there's no way she designed all and created all those dresses in yeah. one night. And there's that no way that painted guy that painted mural. that mural in one night. There's no way that little kid painted that one crab in the corner <laughs> in one night. I did li- kind of like that kid character. I uh, I, I mean, did too, but like the whole like thing where he's... Like I liked the fact that he was undocumented and, and that whole thing, but the way they introduced that was like, what? Yeah, it, it was like halfway through. It was like more than halfway through the movie. Well, they, his his dad, like he hints at it, because like when when Uznavi is like talking to him, like, hey, you should let him come to the Dominican Republic. Then his dad's like. He some he says something like you ever wonder why he has to be paid in cash. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's supposed to imply that he's undocumented, but that's like the only thing until they actually get into like the they meet with the lawyer. Yeah, you're right. Well, the the rally thing, but oh yeah, the rally. Yeah, it doesn't like become an actual plot thing until like the last third of the movie or whatever and it's like oh well (laughs) yeah (laughs) it just seemed very crowded like i think it should have been more focused you know what i'm saying the the kid though okay two things about the kid one i kept thinking he was jaden smith (laughs) (laughs) it was like certain shots he looked like jaden smith just like from the side or whatever second thing um he reminded me a lot of like the shrimp boat kid from Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh, <laughs> just in terms of personality, especially there were there were certain bits where like certain lines he said that were like very fast and very like confident. I was like, that reminds me of that character from that movie. Good movie. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what else to say? What else to say? Um, Emily totally called the grandma having the lottery number instantaneously. She's like, the grandma's got it. She's just sitting on it. I, yeah, I actually, um, I guess I didn't guess that. I didn't really understand the significance of it though. I, when I was re-listening to the soundtrack in the first song, the grammar, the grammar, the grammar, the grandma buys a lottery ticket. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't remember that. So I guess. Paciencia y fe. Yeah, which something in faith. I can't remember. Patience. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, it is patience. Patience and faith. There we go. Um, yeah, I'm like I said, I thought the beginning it just was boring. Like it was just kind of boring. I I just quit quit caring what was happening because I wasn't invested in the characters. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I thought the dynamic between the between the dad and Nina was interesting and the, him selling the, the store and that. Yeah, that was probably thing. the most interesting part. But even then I was kind of like, I don't know, like Nina's character. I think my biggest problem with her is that she's just so like abrasive, I guess to like everyone, like everyone's trying to like understand her, like, like, I don't know, trying to help her out. And I get that she feels out of place at Stanford. That's understandable. But, like, I don't know. Is something off about it didn't vibe with me, I guess. I don't know exactly what it was. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What else about this movie? I also, I do think one of the reasons why I got, I got less interested in it is because I think the music gets, like, not as good later on i think like the worst songwriting comes later on probably the last like song that really like i really liked was the like the party the the barrio i can't remember what that song's called it's like the big it's like right after the blackout i liked that song and then the rest after that i was like the powerless one no it was it was the one after it was after the grandma dies and then they're like, the one lady's like, hey, why are you all like upset that it's hot out? Because we're Puerto Rican. When, oh, when they go into that area. That's, oh, yeah, that's like way into the blackout, though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I said after, like, after yeah, the Yeah, when the hair salon lady's like, hey, what's wrong with you all? Yeah, I like that number. Um, I think the rest of them after that are kind of bleh. But. Yeah. I just remember Lin Manuel Miranda shouting from one of the fire escapes. Yeah. Oh yeah, he does that song, <laughs> <laughs> and my and I just me laughing while he's doing that. <laughs> he's so distracting. I could not. I was just so taken out of the movie every it's time fu- it was on screen. It's funny because like four years ago, like I I didn't I never really liked Hamilton when it first came out. I think I mentioned that in the Hamilton review but like, so I was never like onto the hype. So probably like up until a few years ago, I would not have recognized him. <laughs> but now that I actually like the musical and I've seen the ad- the, the Disney Plus version and everything, I, I'm much more familiar with his face. Alright. I That's all I gotta say. I think um, I think we should Go on and t- go on to what are you doing? What do you think, Colin? Yeah, I'm okay with that as well. All right. What 
are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, all right, Jimmy. All right, let me go first, Holden. Okay. <laughs> I literally did not do anything, so there, there we go. I did really? not. Yeah, I was my aunts were in town, and my sister is in town. Um, I haven't seen my sister in almost a year, and okay. I, I haven't seen my aunts in a couple of years, so I've been spending a ton of time with them, and I have literally, I have not played anything. I have not watched anything other than loki and in the heights um didn't so watch i really want boys no i really want to as well i'm like ex- really excited to watch the next episode i just like i've been staying up late talking and playing games it's like i just haven't and i've been exercising a lot in the morning so i just haven't watched it and huh. it's driving me crazy because i want to know what happens next but yeah that's that's all i gotta say so now you can just go <laughs> okay um so I did watch some things this week. Uh, I watched Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> um, slowly making my way through. Too Fast, Too Furious, which I think I saw was the lowest rated out of all of them, I think is like way better than the first one. I think it's like... I think the story... It, I mean, I guess the story in these movies don't really matter or whatever. I think I, I like the lead duo a lot more. Vin Diesel's not in this movie at all. It's actually the the two leads are Paul Walker and Tyrese Gibson. Um but I think their dynamic is very fun. This they start doing some wild stunts. It's kind of funny like seeing what they consider wild stunts in this movie compared to what they do later on. It's like, oh, they jump over a br- a drawbridge that's coming close. Oh no. It's like it just seems very tame, but it's it is. I think it's a very fun movie. Um, very very stupid. There's some pretty good lines in it though. I have I have a new famous or a new favorite. Uh, or um, I have a new line that I'm adding to my favorite movie lines from that movie, mostly because it's really stupid. Um, I also have watched Saw two through seven. Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> With Mariah? Or uh, yeah, Mariah and uh, one of our mutual friends. So we watched the other... When we watched The Conjuring, I, last week I mentioned afterwards we watched Saw. And I actually think we watched Saw 2 before that we recorded last. So that was at some point. But anyway, almost every night since then we've watched a Saw movie. Just because we like started, we're like, oh, let's just watch Saw 2, I guess. Oh, Saw 3. And then it got to the point where we're like, well, we just got to finish them now. <laughs> we're so far in um still love those movies oh my god i i think i have a bit of a reassessment as to which ones like my order i haven't listed them out exactly i haven't watched jigsaw again yet and i think we're planning on also watching spiral so once watch those two I'll, i'll make an official ranking and bring them back which ones have stood out to you i still like saw six a lot um saw 2 is still probably my least favorite out of the ones i've rewatched. saw 2 yeah i think the one that's moved up the most for me is saw saw 3d the seventh one <laughs> i think i think that one's really funny i think that one might have some of the just 
since I'm a fan of Over the Top Saw, I think that one has some of the best traps. And just, like, the story is stupid. Like, that is... I, I don't know what point that would rank for me. But that one has moved up. I Because I had remembered not being super into that one before. But I just watched that one last night. Um, and I'm trying to... I think... I, I had remembered liking Saw 5 a lot, but I think that one's moved down for me. Because I think that one's just kind of boring. 5 and 7 are um, the two I haven't seen. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I watched all those. Um, I watched Step Brothers. I had never seen that before somehow. Um, I haven't yeah, seen it all right. It was all right. I mean, it, like, everyone says it's, like, the funniest thing. I think, like, the first half is very funny. And the second half, like, I don't know if the jokes just grow stale or if the joke writing is just not as funny. Because the second half, I was like, all right, this just needs to end. <laughs> I also did watch the unrated version, so it was probably extended a little bit. So that might have been the problem. Um, I watched... Okay, so one of my... So my friend George, who was watching the Saw movies with me and Mariah, his fiance is like out of town for the entire summer. So he's been like very lonely. <laughs> so that's why he's come over and watched Saw with us. But anyway, he's taking uh, the American cinema class at Augustana. And so he gave me the list of movies. And while I'm not taking the class, I am watching the movies just for fun. The first one was from 1927. It was called Sunrise, A Song of Two Humans. Um, I have not heard of it. Yeah, I don't know. It was a. It's kind of like a murder movie romance. It's it's a very weird movie in terms of like how it's put together. Um, it's got some pretty interesting like visual effects for the time in terms of like editing. Like it's pretty impressive what they did. Um, I don't know. It, it was kind of cool. I w- it wasn't for me, though. It was very slow for being an hour and a half long. It was like the interesting stuff was in the first 30 minutes, and then it just kind of drug for the rest of it. Um, and then I've been watching Steven Universe with Mariah. Um, still going pretty well. Um, I've been playing... I've been pretty much this week entirely. I've just been playing Hyrule Warriors on my Switch. Like, I am addicted to that game. That game has, like, literally thousands of hours of content. Like, it is it is ridiculous. And I'm just, like, it's... I, I call it, like, my... It, it just makes me feel very good. Like, I guess... I think it's dopamine in your brain or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, like, it... It, like every time you beat a mission you like unlock a new reward and i'm and the missions are like not that long and so i'm just like oh i gotta keep going like it feels so good to just unlock a new thing every single time i play oh my and so that's kind of why i uh i'm addicted to it but it's kind of nice that like it's it was like a 60 dollar game and all of this content is just included so very much worth the bang for your buck. It's a rarity these days. Am I yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's it, though, Jimmy. All right. Well, that's it. You can take oh. us home, Holden. Next week is Luca, which is just sneaking up, I guess. Luca and, and Loki. Luca and Loki. Loki uh, episode two. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
this will probably we'll probably have to record later than I mean we're recording later than usual this week but we'll probably have to record not on Sunday because I will be out of town on Sunday so we'll figure it out anyway um if you want to leave us a request you can do so by uh, leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and saying in that review what you want us to talk about or you can send us an email at tauntpodcast at gmail.com or you can donate to our Patreon all viable ways of getting us a request of movies to talk about um yeah I think that's it Jimmy all right adios pantalones love you <laughs>